I would tell you, get a calendar system and use it. And anything that does not go on the calendar, it does not exist for you. And so people who say things like, oh, let's meet. Okay, let's book right now. And if they don't want to do that, then they're not serious. Go on with your life. This is not you being mean. This is you valuing you, your mindset, your well-being first. Microphone check, one, two, what is this? You're now listening to a brand new episode of the Play Big Faster podcast. Look what you done started. Talk to him. Attorney, high-performance coach, and speaker Cherie Prince asks hard questions to really get to the bottom of what makes entrepreneurs tick. From starting a business, marketing, strategies, and the ins and outs of their industries. We talk everything from book recommendations, lifestyle hacks, and everything possible to get you inspired and motivated to build your own business. The Play Big Faster podcast starts now. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of the Play Big Faster podcast. I'm joined in this episode by Lanita Mitchell Blackwell. She is an intuitive business coach and an author. Welcome to the podcast, Lanita. Thank you so much for having me. When I saw that you are an intuitive business coach, I thought that that was somewhat unique. Tell us about the difference between what you do and a regular business coach. Absolutely. So a business coach advises his or her clients, right? They are a consultant. They look at the metrics that are before them, how the business has performed, what the metrics indicate, what the future performance will be, how to get the client where they say they want to go next, right? The intuitive business coach does all those things and then listens to spirit or intuition as to how to best help the client. One of the things, particularly when we're talking about working with small business owners and entrepreneurs, is that our business is us. Until it gets to a place where we can scale it and it is massive, we are our business, we are our brand. And so I take a holistic approach to the coaching. So I'm listening to what spirit realm has to say, whether the metrics support it or not. And my clients get to see the fruit of that based on how it has manifested. So it's not that one is better than the other. It's just a different type of technique. I know you do everything that a regular business coach does. Are there additional metrics that you require from the client so that you can allow the intuition? Because I'm just, this is totally new to me. Yeah. And maybe it may be new to our audience. So if you kind of break it down, what does working with you look like? If I were someone who just walked in and said, hey, I think I need your help. Yeah. So I have much more personal conversations than I have had with my own business coaches in the past. And it wasn't that it was not collegial or friendly with my business coaches. It was just that there was always this invisible line between the professional and the personal that they did not want to cross. And I understand that based on how we were all trained, because I was trained initially as a business coach as well, and then got my certification as a Christian business coach. But one of the things that I noticed was that there, as long as there is a piece of you that is being withheld from me, I can't offer the best advice to take into your whole life. And therefore there's always going to be a misfire because there are key elements that I don't have to give you the best advice that you're paying for that you can use. So that is one of the biggest things is that we have more of a relationship. It eventually does turn into a friendship 
which I absolutely adore. And one of the things that my clients love also is that everything that they're saying is bound by confidentiality. And that's not just something on paper because I'm also a practicing attorney. I do know how to keep my lips closed. <laughs> so whatever they share with me, and it has been some wild and outlandish stuff, it stays here and there's no judgment. I just take that information into account when I am providing my counsel and my consulting services. Well, is that how you came up with the concept of living life on fire? Actually, live life on fire was based on my life experience being a hyper overachiever and looking for those achievements to define me and my self-worth. And what happened when I allowed that to run me into the ground and I had life-altering surgeries because of it. Literally, one day my daughter found me passed out in the middle of the floor from exhaustion. And she was six years old and I did not have the strength to put my child to bed. When she saw me, she thought that I was just sleepy. She put a blanket over me and kissed me over on my head and said, good night, mama. And the only thing I had strength to do was to say good night, baby. And so I had to redefine what success looked like to me because up to that point, it was accomplishments. It was being recognized. It was hearing, oh, you're just so wonderful. Yay, Lanita. And what I found is that there was no accomplishment that was going to satisfy the desire to be whole and to be free. So the process took a couple of years, really, and working with a performance coach to get to the place where I no longer define success with things, because accomplishments, that's a thing, right? And some other people might put money or clothes or, or houses in there. And some people might even put family, but even that's a thing because it's outside of you. And so I had to switch that dial to be peace, joy, and fulfillment. And to use that to fuel my desire for self-acceptance, for self-worth and self-love. And it, it has been a real journey because it's an everyday kind of a thing. Most of us were raised by the same well-meaning community and family members who told us if we work hard and we make money, we will be successful and we will live happily ever after. But ever after is not ever after. It doesn't last. You keep just going in on this hamster wheel. So I said, I want off. And so I built a life that reflects one that is internally determined. Uh, it's an inside job. So that's where Live Life on Fire comes from. I love that. And I love the distinction that you made about being outside of yourself and how you define success if it's outside of you. So that is so good. So tell me more about your book. Absolutely. Live Life on Fire, The Ultimate Guide to a Successful Life Full of Peace, Joy and Fulfillment is a cheat sheet on how to define the question, why am I here? What am I living for? I was inspired by the interview that Viola Davis did with Oprah Winfrey on Netflix a couple of years ago. And Oprah asked Viola that very question at the end, what, what are you living for? And Viola said, I just want to be happy. I want to be joyful. I want peace. I really do. And that really struck a chord in me because I was like, I don't know any person who is on this upward trajectory for success who would not respond the same way. It's just, how we are measuring that success is the problem. Because as long as we are measuring that success 
with things over which we really have no control. Because at the end of the day, and people don't like to hear this, but this is the truth, right? We are only stewards over the things because we can't take it with you. We can't take it with us when we pass away. We didn't come into the world with it. They are external to us. And that means that we should be a good steward while we have it, but to understand that it can come and go. It will come and go. And we've seen that in our lives. We purchased cars. We've sold cars. Some of us have lost cars. We've had great relationships. They've gone away. So whatever it is, it has to be something that is internal to us. And no one can rob you of your peace. You have to give that away. No one can rob you of your joy. You have to give that away. And no one can rob you of your sense of fulfillment. You have to give that away. So the book is divided into four sections on how to create it and maintain it, going from silence, peace, being, meditation, and prayer, living in flow, which brings us to a life of all. And so for those of you who are like, that's a little woo-woo for me. I get it. Me too. I'm a lawyer. And so... I use real world examples from business as well as home life with my husband and my daughter, as well as community. So not just church and volunteerism, but professional organizations where I actually get referrals for my business. And so all of these things coming together allows you to tap in to all of your skills, gifts, and talents, even the ones that you probably have been told were taboo. Intuition is one of them, where you will hear a silent voice telling you to do something that is totally contrary to what is in front of you. And when you listen, things just open up for you. Or pushing past this point where you thought was your brink. But there is this supernatural power that comes over. You achieve that thing and you look back and you can't believe that you ever thought that that was your marker. These, these are the kinds of concepts that the book walks you through so that you can live your ultimate successful life full of however you define it for you. But for me, I call it peace, joy, and fulfillment. Melanita, yes. how do I know which voice to listen to? Because you know how you have the... <laughs> you can, yeah. How do I, how do I know what oh, like, Yeah, I hear you. So you're like, so there's the good little angel and then there's the bad little devil on each shoulder telling you conflicting things. Go with the one that is for the good of all involved and that is love. Because that voice is never wrong. Even when it feels crazy in the midst, when you look back, you will see that was the best voice. A perfect example. If you've ever been in an argument with someone who you knew from the jump was out of his or her mind, saying all kinds of craziness, spewing fire and hate. And there was a part of you that was like, that I know something about this person that will burn their whole house down, that will destroy them, but you were quiet. That's the voice you listen to. Because okay. when you look back, yes, you could have burned that house down, but that person is now destroyed forever. Your reputation is damaged too, because people are like, oh, you knew that about that person and you just put that out there just so you could win this argument in this moment right now. And you knew that person was not in his or her right mind because they don't normally behave this way. It doesn't feel good in the moment because you're angry, you are offended, 
and you really just want them. But that's not to your highest good. It's not to that person's highest good. It's not for that whole encounter's highest good. So the voice to listen to is the one that's consistent with love, always with love. That is so good. (laughs) And the analogy is such a great analogy. And I'm just going to take a step back. You mentioned when your daughter finding you you passed out from exhaustion, Mm -hmm. the process to rebuild your life of purpose, because you say you're still a practicing attorney, you're an intuitive business coach, you're an author, and you also have a publishing house. How do you do it? I mean, I'm always interested in people's routines, their calendars. So you said the key, the last word you said, calendars. <laughs> I have a calendar for each, but they all merge into one. So I'm not all over the place. And I have it color coded so that I know where I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to be. And one of the things that I do, a color that is just for me, is purple. I love purple. And so any color that's purple, that is joyful. I know that's just fun. And I actually schedule those blocks in my day. There has to be something purple every day. Now, I also have a color I love, which is orange. And every day I have an orange color. Orange is spiritual development, something that is going to help me to grow. And so whether that's meeting with my soul coach, Jill Flowers, whether that is participating in a sister circle, something that is just for me. And so everything else gets the color green for appointments because money, maroon when there is a potential client, gold for publishing. And so every color has a meaning and I am very aware of the amount of time and I make sure to schedule blocks of time for not just the encounter, but time after it so I can breathe, so I can de-stress and release the energy that was created between us because I don't want to take that into the next meeting, even if it was positive. I want every encounter to start off baseline, which for me, we start off at 100. We start off great and we go up from there. If we're going down, by the time we leave one another, we're still in a good place. If we're scoring on an ABCD <laughs> system or a fair place, I don't ever want to leave an encounter where it was a total unsatisfactory or an F. This is really more than what I thought I was going to get today. So thank you so far. The inspiration for the publishing house. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. Absolutely. So I, wow, time goes on. So this was 10 years ago this year. I wanted to release my first book for my birthday. I had started at least six or seven prior and I had not finished one. And I was just like, God, I would really like to do this. And so he gave me instruction, write two pages a day and you'll know when you're done. And that is exactly what happened. My first book, Leading Through Living, A Guide for Women Seeking Growth Through Leadership, was 37 pages front to back. So that included the covers, right? And this was the end of January when I finished it. And I could not find a publishing house that could review the manuscript, manuscript, get it, format it, do the cover, and have it out by the time my birthday rolled around, which was March 22nd. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be bound by this. I'm going to get it out myself. And so I found uh, 
Amazon and I think it was Lulu at the time and I compared the two and I felt that Amazon was a better for fit for me. So I published my own book. Once you do something, the people in your circle are like, I want that for me. And so I, I happily shared the information with people on how I did it. But folks really don't want to do that themselves. They want somebody else to do it. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's how the publishing company started. I started publishing my friends and acquaintances books and getting them out there. And the more I learned, I would share. And I got to a place, though, where I was like, I really want this to be more than just me publishing books. I want to be in a place where I'm helping people establish legacy, especially once I learned about the uh, industry speak for pay, because I didn't know that people got paid mega money to get on stages and talk about their life experiences and how to transform other people. And so once I started getting paid to talk, I was like, oh no, I need to train people how to turn this book into a, a way of life. And so that's how I transformed from being a publishing house to a consulting and coaching business. Because right now I still publish my own books, but I don't publish anybody else's. I help other people establish their publishing companies and then learn how to speak for money. And then they can train other people if they want to do it. I do have a couple of former clients who have publishing houses and that's where they like to stay. They like to publish other people and that's cool. But I did what I was called to do, which was to help you to establish a business that would bless you and your family that you can hand down to your children if you so choose or you can sell when the time is right. Well, Nina, did I read somewhere that you're also a CPA? You did. <laughs> that is correct. When I was in high school, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. And my mom was like, well, you're going to college. I was like, yes, ma'am. And so it was time to select a major. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. And she was like, you like FBLA, Future Business Leaders of America. I loved our teacher, Ms. Jones, who was over the business department at in high school. And so I was like, oh, be a business major. And my mom, she was doing a research and she was like, you can't major in just business. I know too many people who are business majors and they can't get a job. You're going to major in accounting. So I majored in accounting and everybody around me and FAMU, School of Business and Industry, was, if they were an accounting major, they were preparing to take the CPA exam. So that's what I did too. And then I got into it and I was just like, I don't like this. <laughs> My, my personality is like warm and bubbly and out there and I love people and talking and with accounting, you just like this, counting those numbers. And so I was just like, Ooh, that was good. That was two years. I'm going back to law school. Cause that's something I wanted to do. But my mom being so involved in that process gave me an avenue for a job that if anything ever goes wrong in my life, I can always get a job as an accountant. Gave me an avenue to figure out what I liked and what I didn't like, what my strengths and my challenges were as far as my personality, and a job that allowed me to go back to law school because there was income, right? So I'm very grateful. And it's so funny because when I left law school, I had no intention of ever going back to accounting. But people... They find out you're a CPA and they're just like, I just need this consult on this. And so I do have an accounting firm, a shared accounting. <laughs> so right now I have scaled it down to I just have one client is the church. They won't let me go. And so <laughs> you're doing the Lord's work. Exactly. You're doing the Lord's work. We're not going to fault you for doing the thank Lord's you, work. Thank you. I appreciate it. 
the next thing I'm going to be looking for from you is a productivity book, because if you can juggle all these things, the world needs to know how. I mean, some of us have a problem just doing one thing. I'm tell you, I don't juggle anymore. I do one thing at a time. I was laughing, but I'm serious when I say I only have the one accounting client and we connect twice a year, once during the summer, which is good because that is one of my valleys in my law firm. I do residential real estate, estate planning and business law. And for the most part, people like to take the summer and just chill. And so that's a perfect time to be with my client for accounting, right? And then again, during the winter months where people are kind of chilling, trying to be warm and booed up. And so that's a good time again to be with my uh, accounting client. And then with the coaching, I can weave that in with my law practice. And so at times or on days where it's not as busy, Tuesdays and Wednesdays are pretty good. That's why I'm talking to coaching clients. So it's not that my life is overwhelming. I, I did that. I'm not going back to that ever. I manage my time so that I have time to do the things that I love, like spending time with my family and going out and enjoying supporting other people. Well, if you had one piece of advice to give an entrepreneur on how to play big faster, what would it be? I would tell you, get a calendar system and use it. And anything that does not go on the calendar, it does not exist for you. And so people who say things like, oh, let's meet okay, let's book right now. And if they don't want to do that, then they're not serious. Go on with your life. This is not you being mean. This is you valuing you, your mindset, your well-being first. And I know that may, may sound contrary to how we have all been raised. Serve, give, show up even when you're tired. But if you are not taking care of you and you're all broken down, then you can't show up as the best person. And eventually you will wind up in the hospital like I did. You will wind up trying to recover from life altering surgery like I did. And you will have an opportunity to do life review and say, I'm not going to wind up like this again and make the necessary changes. I just want you to skip that part. For your books, we can look where? Amazon, we can find them on Amazon? They absolutely are on Amazon. You can get the Audible, the Kindle, the paperback or the hardback. If you would like to connect, the best way is through my website, which is lanitamitchellblackwell.com. Lanita spelled L-Y-N-I-T-A. And I'm on social media under my name and you can do all of that from my website. And I'll make sure to include the links in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for being with us in this episode. Thank you so much for having me today. I really appreciate you. And until next time, play big faster. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Play Big Faster podcast. Want more entrepreneurial content? I like this. Make sure to subscribe for future episodes. I've already subscribed. I just clicked on it. Don't forget to like and leave a review. Share with a friend that needs this in their life. I think you need this more than I. Oh, and make sure to follow Cherie on IG at Cherie Speaks. And remember to play big faster.